made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day, and welcome. I am really, really excited to be sharing uh, this show with you today and very, very humbled. Um, As a marketing problem solver, speaker, coach, I'm privileged to meet some fabulous people in my journey who are experts in their uh, fields and in their arenas. And today's really special for me because I have two people who I adore, who I have worked with, and who I have also witnessed um, the, the, the results that they have helped their clients achieve. So I'm really, really excited to share with you. My first speaker will be Gary Edwards who helps you unlock your business potential through trusted conversations. And my second guest will be Jessica Giles, the warmest soul that you could ever meet, who helps you get out of your own way to create financial freedom. So let's dive into their stories and uh, some of their practical practical tips that they'll share with you today. Now, let me give you the official welcome for Gary. So we've got first up Gary Edwards. Now, Gary is an influence expert who specializes in helping people get better results in the important conversations that they have every day. Those things like meetings, your sales calls, your presentations, negotiations, and the pitches that you do. Drawing on his unique background as a lawyer, as a professional magician and a hostage negotiation researcher, Gary has developed the six essential skills of influence and he's going to share that with us all today. On a personal note though, for me, um, Gary has been a phenomenal support to me and my business as a speaker and as a consultant um, and he has really helped me to define and bring clarity to what it is that I do. We're in a mastermind uh, group together and I often say to Gary at the end of one of our conversations, I love your brain. And I do so because he just creates everything and makes it really, really simple. Um, so now I've completely put Gary on the spot. If I can ask Gary to please join us and welcome to you. Well, thank you very much, Sally. That was a very kind introduction. Uh, the check is in the mail. Thank you for saying all those nice things. You're most welcome, and I'll happily accept that and any more uh, support that you give us as far as it relates to that simplicity that you do so elegantly and easily. 
Thank you. You're welcome. So can you give us a little bit of a, a background as to what led you to become the influence co- coach and expert that you are now? Sure. Uh, so influence was something that I was always interested in. Even as a kid, I, I'm, as you know, Sally, I'm a fairly analytical type of person. So I always <laughs> enjoyed uh, arguing with my brothers and being able to look at the arguments and uh, and think about them and find ways to, uh, basically, as you do as a kid, find ways to win the argument. Um, you also mentioned there that I'm a professional magician. Well, I started doing magic when I was about seven years old, as as almost every magician I know did. Um, and when you do magic as a kid uh, and you manage to, you know, trick someone and, and get a reaction from them, uh, at a very early age you learn an awful lot about how the human brain works mm-hmm. and you see things happen and you see the look in people's eyes and you think, oh, right, so how did that work? And it was a fascinating insight really from a very early age into how people, uh, how they think, how they make decisions, um, what they perceive, what they see, literally what they see and what they don't see. Mm. Um, and then as I grew up, I kept doing that and started doing that as a part-time job as well. But as you mentioned, I, I became a lawyer. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? A lawyer and a magician, the same the same person doing a similar job at the same time. Um, so I had a lot of interest in uh, influence, negotiation, conflict resolution, and I got a lot of practice doing that as a lawyer and uh, learned a lot along the way about how you influence people because fundamentally influence is about change and um, uh, changing someone and if you do it uh, without their knowledge and if you do it for your own benefit, then it's probably called manipulation. Mm-hmm. If you do it for a good purpose and with ethical standards, then it's a good thing. Perfect. And I, I know you've touched on the, the, the lawyer and the magician side of things. So talk us through some of the, the correlations or the paradigm that the and correlations and the paradigms that relate to uh, the lawyering and the magician magicianing. Well, it was quite interesting because at one stage when I was a young lawyer, I was working as a magician every Friday and Saturday night at a local hotel, just entertaining people as they had their dinner. And so at the end of the working week as a lawyer, I'd be going out and doing magic tricks and And I literally got to the point where I went, this is kind of the same job. Um, And what I meant by that was it's using words to create uh, a perception in the mind of someone else to get a result. And as you mentioned before, and as you know, that's kind of my passion. Mm. Uh, How do you use words uh, to create something that you want to happen? So there's... um, uh, there's a lot of similarities about how you use words, but also how, you know, you sort of use words in a very fine-tuned way that as a lawyer you become very aware of, you know, this is part of your training, you become very aware of the differences in words. And, um, for example, I remember, you know, in a, in a lease document, for example, um, I looked at three leases once and one said the property, one said the premises, and one said uh, the um, uh, the domicile, as in a house. And so they all use slightly different words. And you've got to, as a lawyer, you've got to think, right, is property and premises the same thing? So you become very attuned to specific words and uh, the same with magic, you know, what you say and what you don't say. Um, the other thing that occurred to me was that when you're a lawyer in court, your job is to put forward a particular case, a particular point of view. And if there are alternative points of view uh, to that. That's not your job. Your, your job is to put your point of view across, and it's the other person's, the other lawyer's job to put their point of view across. And if they don't say 
if they don't pick up the gaps in your argument, for example, if they don't if they don't fill in the gaps uh, and they just let it happen, then you are more likely to win the case. And so again, it's like magic, you know, what you say and what you don't say, and uh, and if people make assumptions about things, that's fine. There's actually a saying in um, as a saying in magic, uh, magicians don't fool you; they let you fool yourself. Mm. And uh, uh, you know, there's a bit of that uh, comes out in lawyering as well. Beautiful. So I love the the distinction there, and I can really, really see this uh, through conversations that we have, and obviously when I'm seeing you up on stage. Um, the gift that you have is uh, is definitely that specificity, but allowing enough opportunity to create the gaps that then enables the uh, participant that's experienced it to make and move to the decisions that you're directing them to through the specificity. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually running a session this afternoon for some colleagues. Um, you mentioned before I talk about trusted conversations, and, and mm-hmm. so this is about how you have a conversation where you build trust with someone uh, that you're, you know, that you're a potential client that you're working with to get new business, and we're going to be talking about this stuff. Um, and I... Because I'm pretty sure I, I sort of had this as a kid, uh, and as I say, I think it happened first when I was a magician. But it was certainly something you learn as a as a lawyer. Um, when people talk, I can see, I can kind of see the words. Maybe maybe I've got a bit of a you know natural ability, but I can kind of see the words, and I I tune into the exact word that they say, and I think to myself. You know, Sally said that word then, but she said a different word before. I wonder if she means the same thing. Mm. So my my brain, you know, sometimes it's annoying because it does it all the time, but my brain does that all the time. Um, uh, And it's really a pattern recognition thing. I recognize patterns in language and I can see that happening. Can I I tell you a quick story about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I was uh, about 17, before I went to university, I, I worked for a year. I had what is now called a gap year, but in those days was just called having the year off uh, before I went to uni and I worked for a bank in the city and um, so I was just a 17 year old kid but I had an interest in all this stuff and I used to catch the bus home each night and I'm not really good at reading on a bus but I I had this book one night and uh, it was it was sort of a trashy book it was just a book about a a chess protege a young kid a young girl who was really good at chess and it was one of those page-turner books. Uh, even though I don't like reading on the bus, you could not put it down. And I read it in about two bus trips. Um, you just flipped the pages and kept reading. And it was about her journey through her life. And, you know, it was a made-up story. It was a fiction story. But she had an uncle who helped her play chess. And it was about how she got better and better and older and older and played in more and more tournaments. And eventually she won. So uh, it was quite a simple story, but it was really quite fascinating. But at one point she said that when she sits down to play chess, that she can, and I you know, I know this is the case with a lot of really good chess players, is that they can see the moves, you know, about five or six moves ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can sort of see what the other person would do. They can see all the possibilities. They can see the combinations. And so they can kind of see multiple pathways ahead. And as a 17-year-old, and I know this is kind of blowing my own trumpet, but as a 17-year-old, when I read that, I said to myself, I can do that. Yeah. Um, except I can't do it with chess. I can do it with words. Yes. Um, and so I used to do that when I was arguing with my brother. Uh, I, I could see, you know, the three likely options. I, I would choose a sentence. I would choose a provocative thing to say. I could see what he was going to say, three options, and I knew what I would respond to. So I think it, it started from a very early age. 
Yep, I agree. I must say that's just given me um, a little bit of a chuckle here because I've seen you and one of your or our counterparts, Derek McManus, uh, when you two start firing and ba- start firing uh, one-liners each- at each other and you can sort of almost see where it's going to go but you always end up with that upper hand so I can see <laughs> how that plays into it. And When I've had Rory come along to the professional speaking events where we've been there, he's just uh, loved watching you two and been very inspired uh, by the tic-tac-toe of the conversation, the, the, the strategy of how you sort of uh, keep, it, keep each other attuned and keep inspiring each other to, to bring on that conversation more to see who's going to win the argument. So, yes, I've seen, seen you do that really, really well, which is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, so can you give us some um, of the most common problems or, and setbacks that people experience as it relates to doing business with their conversations? What, yeah, what do you teach really them boils, to do better? Sure. It really boils down for me to that that moment, that opportunity that you get when you're talking to someone um, to be able to win the business. I often liken it to uh, to a game of golf that uh, I actually spoke to a professional golfer once and he said most professional golfers have the same ability when it comes to getting the ball from the uh, – from the tee down to the green, it's actually getting the ball in the hole where the difference is. So if you get the ball in the hole in one shot and someone else takes three shots, well, then that's the difference. And so it's that's kind of the – that's it for me. How do you get the ball in the hole? How do you have that conversation um, when you're in that moment? And so it really boils down to what do I say next? What's the best thing I can say right now to move this conversation forward and to, uh, and to know what to say when someone has just said something? that I'm a bit unsure about so you might you know you might be in a sales conversation and the other person says um, we can't afford that right now or you know the classic one is always uh, in a negotiation when someone says is that negotiable now and you think well what's the answer to that is that negotiable if I say yes it is then I might have just done myself out of some money if I say no it's not then they might get up and walk out and say oh well it's too much and so people offer, and that's actually called uh, the yes-no trap. So you get trapped because you think, well, if I say yes, I'm in trouble, and if I say no, I'm in worse trouble, so I don't know what to do. Mm. So that's the main thing that people have, whether it's in a meeting or in a pitch or a sales conversation. It's always, what do you say next? I actually have a little exercise that I do to pe- do with people um, and where I say, you know, the client has just said X, Y, Z. What are the next words that should come out of your mouth? And people don't actually say what they'll say. They say, oh, I'd talk about such and such. And mm-hmm. I say, well, don't, don't tell me what you talk about. Tell me what you would actually say as if I'm the client. And that's where people struggle. Um, and and I'm going to say you did that to me last night when we were talking on the phone. <laughs> did I? You did when you said we were talking about um, uh, when we're having our mastermind session on the weekend and you're, you're the, the exercise you're going to do, you're going to get them to answer this next question and you ran yeah. it off. They could say, Derek could say this and you could say that and I'm sitting there going, but I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> yes, you yeah, you do that beautifully. So what what how do people overcome um, that um, yes-no trap? What is that a case of thinking about that they really need to, um, to work through and come up with um, what they would actually say and have a couple of scenarios? Is it multiple scenarios? Is it a single scenario? What's your advice there? Uh, certainly practicing on scenarios is what I do with people. You know, you mm. can't talk about this in the abstract. You really have to get down to details of situations. Mm. Um, but there is a bit of a, you know, it's a bit like magic. There's a bit of a trick to it. 
Um, there is a bit of a framework. I like the word framework all the time. There is a structure. You know, I'm very big on structure, Sally. Mm -hmm. um, there is a structure to conversations that most people are just completely unaware of. And um, you, you know, some people are, you know, if you give a speech at a wedding, you, you Google wedding speeches and, and they give you some wedding speeches and you go, oh, look, there's a bit of a formula to this and there's a bit of a structure and you've got to thank this person and then you thank that person. Mm -hmm. So we, we've sort of become aware of some of these frameworks in particular situations, but it also applies to these sort of conversations as well. And so, you know, the best advice that I give to people about being more successful in these moments is simply to learn some of those frameworks. And, and of course, you've got to practice it in a real situation. And it has to be something that um, uh, that is natural to you. Um, mm. But essentially what you're doing is the other person in some way is if they're saying no in some version of that, they don't agree with you or they don't want to buy what you're selling. So in some way they're saying no. Essentially, you're trying to keep the conversation going and to find uh, perhaps a reason why they're saying no and to see whether you can find a point of agreement. So even that little structure of this is what you're trying to do, rather than just reacting to what is said, to keep, to keep an eye on what you're trying to achieve uh, helps, you to, helps you to get there. Beautiful. And you mentioned that there's a couple of different structures that people should look at or not structures and frameworks. Do you, is there sort of a top three that you could suggest that are the, that are the best ones where people should start? Do you have any tips or suggestions around that or examples? Yeah, the one that I use that you know I use a lot is one called Format, which is the number four and M-A-T uh, by a woman called Bernice McCarthy, if people want to Google that. And that's really a presentation um, whenever you're presenting information. And Bernice McCarthy basically said, whenever you're presenting information, people want the answer to four questions. They want to know, why is this relevant to me? Why are we talking about this? So the first question is why. The second one is what. Uh, what are you trying to tell me? What's the big idea that you're trying to get through to me? The third question is how. How does this work? Um, if I do what you want, how will that work? What will it look like? And the last question is, what if, which means, what if I do this? What are the benefits? What's the outcomes? So if you're trying to present information to people, uh, a lot of the time we talk about what we want, and we need to also talk about why we want it, why, why it's suddenly relevant, how it will play out, and what the benefits are of doing it. So that's a fairly simple framework um, that uh, I use a lot. Um, the other one, of course, is the the one that's uh, part of the um, – uh, the ebook that we've got as a download for people this week, which is my uh, trusted conversations framework. Fantastic. And based on um, all of the frameworks and the number of people that you've worked with, um, do you have a tip? Uh, I know you've just provided lots of really, really um, fantastic tips there, but do you have uh, one story or example that you can give as we start to sort of wind things up and then I've got another question to ask you after that. Yeah, so um, the tip I would give you is to um, balance the task and the relationship and you'll see this Ooh. when mm -hmm. people want to download the uh, uh, the ebook that we've got, they'll see there the little model is task and relationship. So every conversation has a task aspect, trying to get something done. For example, you might want next week off and, you know, you want to go to something that's next week and, and your boss is not expecting that and you're asking for some time off next week to do something. So you're trying to achieve an outcome. You're trying to get a task done or you're trying to ask someone to help you with some work. And the other side, and a lot of the time we spend most of our time on that and trying to convince the other person 
um, that, uh, that that's the right way to go. Uh, and we ignore the relationship side of it um, mm. because, you know, if you've got a really strong relationship with someone, if you've got a really strong relationship with your boss and you say, hey, look, I really need to take two days off next week, then they'd probably say yes. Um, so it's about building that relationship. But also, even if you don't have that sort of relationship, um, how you can, uh, in the moment where you ask the person, can I have next week off, you've got to respect the relationship that you have with them and show them that you are actually trying to achieve something that is a benefit to both of you, not just to yourself. Mm. Because otherwise the other person will, as we have all been in these situations, I guess, will feel a little bit as though perhaps they've been uh, taken advantage of. Mm, fantastic. Um, and Gary, how can people get in contact with you? I know you've talked about your, um, your downloadable that you've got today and that'll have some of your contact details on it and that's going to be available on um, the radio station blog and, of course, people can also find that by accessing the Facebook group that we have there as well and they can find a link through the blog there as well. But uh, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you, touch base with you um, and have some sessions with you to help so you can actually help them really fine-tune the specificities of the conversations that they're needing to have to win the business and to to increase their uh, results yep the easiest way to get in touch with me is by email uh gary at gary edwards so just one r in gary gary at gary edwards.com.au um and obviously gary edwards.com.au is also my website uh and i'm on linkedin you can just google me there um, and um, as you know, I have a I, I do private coaching for people if they want to, um, like you and I have done, sit down and work our way through uh, what they're talking about and fine tune that. And I also have a, a six week program uh, which is about creating. It's called Win More Business. It's about creating trusted conversations with a client. And uh, so over the course of six Zoom sessions, we do a group coaching session and work our way through everyone's issues. Um, and there's a little phrase that I really like, which is by an American consultant, Alan Weiss. And he says, um, the conversation controls the relationship and the relationship controls the business. And that's that's my business in a nutshell. How do you have those conversations that build the relationship which leads to more business? Fantastic. And just to add also to uh, while we've got some extra time to talk about the types of clients that you work with, you've done uh, work with the university, you do work here locally with the universities, you obviously work with uh, speakers all around the place and you also work uh, with um, entrepreneurs that are trying to do their pitch. So give us a few of the examples of the different types of clients that you work with. Yeah, I do a lot of work with large corporates, um, either you know from top to bottom, executives to you know front counter staff. Not that they're the bottom, but in just in terms of the hierarchy, um, I've done a lot of work with uh, government departments in the area of influence, with the cabinet office, so the people who are not the ministers, but the people who are around them that are uh, helping other government departments to make decisions and so on. And as you mentioned, I do a lot of work with um, solo entrepreneurs. Um, uh, yourself and Jessica, who's coming on next, uh, we've all had a bit of a chat about how we pitch our business and how we shape it and so on. Uh, and it's just about getting those words right. Um, I'm not a uh, I'm not a copywriter, uh, but I think I'm good at helping people to shape those words and uh, and working with speakers. Um, as you know, I've got a, a group of speakers that I work with who are all trying to figure out you know, two things. What do I speak about? How do I know what to speak about? And how do I take what I know and turn that into something that's saleable? 
And then the second thing is, how do I get up and present that to a group of people? What's the best way to put that across? Yeah. So it's yeah. all about how you shape that conversation with the other person. Mm, very much so. And I know we've uh, done a lot of work and I'm excited to be doing some uh, more work with you as it relates to simplifying that conversation and getting the right conversation for the right scenario. Uh, for me being a oversharer or an over-nurturer, as my son Rory calls me, I always like to give people lots and lots of how-to, lots of tips when I'm doing my speaking and training. And sometimes it's actually too much. It actually overwhelms them. So um, working with you to simplify that message to help uh, me to understand that they're needing the why and the what more and then the how-to uh, is, isn't so much the keynote or the training, it's more around the uh, training moving into the coaching side of things. So understanding what uh, type of information you provide based on what scenarios is one of your other extreme gifts where that uh, specificity and that simplification comes into play. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, simplicity and structure are uh, kind of where I start. Um mm. When, I, when I'm listening to you or anyone, I just listen for simplicity. What, what I'm actually listening for is clarity, mm. and uh, clarity is the most important thing, and simplicity and structure lead to clarity. Um, mm, great distinction. Heard, yeah, we probably all heard the, uh, the saying that a confused mind doesn't buy. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association confused about what you're offering then they'll just go away because it's just too hard um people like to have a choice they like to have a choice of three things they don't like to have a choice of 23 things um so a confused mind doesn't buy so clarity is number one um just trying to figure out what are you talking about and um in doing that the two things that underpin clarity are simplicity and structure and sometimes people say to me so do i have to dumb down my message and i say no you don't have to dumb it down but People are human. They've got a lot of stuff going on in their head and you're really trying to cut through. Uh, mm. And again, I learned this as a lawyer. You know, I, <laughs> I won't tell you the whole story, but I remember my very first case in court and uh, I was trying to, it was just a simple little car accident. And I made my opening statement and I said, on the 24th of June, 1927 or 1985, uh, uh, the plaintiff was driving a blue Honda sedan registration number XYZ ABC in a northerly direction. And I just rattled off all these details and uh, made perfect sense to me. And when I stopped, the magistrate inter interrupted me and said, I'm sorry, which, which way was the blue car going? <laughs> And he, that particular magistrate literally used to have a blue car and a little red car, and he'd say, stop talking, I don't understand a word you said, come up here. And you'd walk up to the bench where the magistrate sits, and he'd have the blue car, and he'd say, you'd play cars with him, and you'd say, show me what happened, just show me. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So that's, what, 
that's what you're trying to do with words. You're trying to create a picture. And yeah. That's fantastic, Gary. Thank you very much for all that you've shared, as you always do. Um, I'm sure everyone's got lots of fantastic uh, tips out of that. We will very shortly uh, now go to a break and then we will be back up with Jessica Giles to share some um, of her secrets. So, folks, uh, keep stay with us and we will just go to a quick break. Wow, what great tips and strategies already. But stay tuned for even more inspiration. We are taking a quick break and Sally will be right back with more of Success Secrets Exposed. Have you ever dreamed of having your own radio show? Well, W4CY Radio makes dreams come true. You can be a radio personality on the number one ranked internet radio station in West Palm Beach, Florida. We can be heard in 105 countries and all U.S. states. Promote your business. Earn up to $10,000 per month and more. It's all up to you. Have fun and be heard. Call 561-506-4031. That's 561-506-4031. Start your radio show now. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. You're listening to W4WN Radio, the Women for Women Network, brought to you live by the Talk 4 Media Network at W4WN.com, connecting and empowering women around the globe. Hello, listeners. It's time for more Secrets Exposed. So let's continue to move you forward to your success. Once again, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Welcome back. And as I mentioned earlier, I have another very, very special guest for you today, one of the warmest souls that you can ever imagine, um, and you will get to experience that very shortly. So let me introduce Jessica for you. Jessica is a highly regarded and sought-after money mastery and manifestation coach. So Jessica, are you there? Welcome. Hello, Sally. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Oh, thank you so much. Let me just give the listeners a little bit more of your background and then I want to dive in uh, to certainly your story, which I know has been a, uh, is going to be a really great story and um, re- really suitable for, from an empowering perspective today. So Jessica, um, as we mentioned, is a, a money mastery manifestation coach. She's also a qualified accountant and through being a qualified accountant, very quickly identified that money management and lodging tax returns was only a small piece of our money puzzle. Now, and for women in particular, financial empowerment and confidence is something that was widely lacking. And this is where Jessica's unique skill set and genius zones really comes into powerful play. And you'll experience her playfulness and her warmth and her get stuff done um, persona and essence very, very shortly. She's a certified money mastery coach and she powerfully supports her clients across all areas of money, including money mindset, manifestation, law of attraction, money management and wealth creation. And her topic today was how to crisis-proof your money mindset 
and grow wealth at any time. And she'll talk about overcoming adversity and what I love most, getting out of your own way to create financial freedom. And one of the, um, I suppose, phrases or lines that I hear Jessica say all the time and I love is your past does not equal your future uh, and that you have the ability to step into the true wealth and abundance that you deserve. So I love that line, your past does not equal your future. So, Jessica, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here with you and um, an amazing first guest you had in Gary. And I just want to implore anyone who is listening to this radio station to um, definitely connect with Gary if you have any, any you know, challenges in expressing your message and so forth. I am not someone at all that is really great with frameworks and structures and some conversations with Gary and he just pulled out all the important pieces. So I'm really excited to be here with you both today. Thank you so much. Yes, that's why I always say, Gary, I love your brain. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Jess. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to be able to share and ask you the question to uh, please share a little bit about your background and what led you to become this extraordinary uh, money mindset and uh, manifestation coach that you've become. Absolutely, absolutely. So I most certainly did not come out of the box this way. Um, I was a 16-year-old high school dropout working in a petrol station and I, you know, I left high school. I didn't even finish year 10. But through that time, I still, I knew that I desired more and I had really big dreams. And I used to go to the university open days and sit in on the lectures and I would drag my then boyfriend along who was an equally bad choice as leaving school. <laughs> and we would sit in the lecture theatres and, and hear about these programs. And I just knew that you know, that was meant for me, even though I didn't even have a year 10 graduation to my name. Um, and so I went through um, TAFE, which is a, um, you know, a training program for, for those overseas is equivalent of what we have in Australia. And I did my certificate three, four diploma and advanced diploma in accounting. And I, I fell in love with accounting clearly to go, you know, all the way through to, to that. And then I used my, my TAFE qualification, my advanced diploma to get into university. And I started university the week I found out I was pregnant with my first daughter. So that was a fun time. I, you know, I submitted uni assignments the night before giving birth. I sat exam with exams with a screaming newborn outside the venue and leaking breasts. Sorry if too much information, but I, I do realise this is a majority women radio show. So it's all good. Besides our gentleman guest today, of course. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I just was in love with the process of learning and growing and developing and, and the accounting profession. And once I'd completed university, um, I had two daughters then and I, I started my own bookkeeping and accounting practice. And I really identified through that that, that women were not only handing over their receipts and their shoeboxes at that time, that was before the cloud, um, mm -hmm. but they were handing over their financial power. And it was a real transfer of I'm scared, I don't understand understand this 
um, please fix this for me. And I really, you know, I would provide them with all the beautifully presented financial reports and all these important numbers in your profit and loss and your balance sheet and your cash flow and so forth. And I just knew that they weren't looking at them. And I knew that, you know, that information was just being filed away, never to be touched again. And I couldn't understand why, you know. And at around the same time, I became a single mum very suddenly overnight. And, you know, that brought about what I call lovingly now um, my spiritual awakening. And it was through that process that I identified and connected with, you know, the feminine aspects of money. I uncovered my money story. I learned about manifestation and law of attraction and money mindset and how the inner story and the inner environment around money is what creates the outer. And Mm. so, you know, the, the bank account balance and so forth are literally just a mirror of what's going on inside of you. And it was as if the penny dropped and it was this, you know, cute angel singing moment of going, oh, my goodness, this is why my clients are so disempowered around money because I'm giving them all the practical structures and all the, you know, the really um, tangible money management aspects, but they're not feeling empowered and they don't believe in themselves and they're telling themselves a story that they're not good at money and they don't understand and people like them don't create wealth and all of those kinds of stories. So my first coaching clients, you know, were my bookkeeping and accounting guinea pigs. <laughs> and it was sort of like, this is what I'm learning. Let's play with this. And the results and transformation that it created was just phenomenal. You know, they were empowered. They believed in themselves. They had trust and faith. And they were then able to combine that belief and that empowerment with the physical structures that I was providing them with. And it just turned their lives around. And and here's the amazing thing about financial freedom and, and growing your wealth is that it's both all about the money and at the same time has nothing to do with the money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all about who you become in the process. It's how you carry yourself. You know, one client I worked with in our closing session, I was like, so, you know, what's, what's the number one thing you've changed throughout our work together? And she's like, well, yeah, all my bank accounts are overflowing and that's great. But she's like, for 20 years, I have struggled with my posture mm-hmm. and my posture has completely transformed and my husband's asking me what my secret is. And, and so I just am so, so grateful that I now have the entire system to be able to share with women um, through my Money Mastery Academy program to, to help them to transform the whole picture. Because my philosophy is that you can't sit on a meditation mat and earn a million dollars. I'm working on it. You'll be the first to know if I crack the code. <laughs> But you absolutely also cannot outmanage a bad mindset. And oh, when the that's two, gold. Yep. Yeah. And, and when the two combine, it just creates like literally an unstoppable financial rising. And and that's what, you know, my clients say to me, they're like, I don't even know what's happening, but I literally couldn't stop this if I tried. You know, the, the money just keeps coming and I'm just feeling so good and an unexpected bill comes in, but then double the money comes in to cover it. And and this is literally when you take a complete approach and you look at all pieces of the puzzle, it creates this, this entire transformation. You know, I always say I'm not about Band-Aid solutions. I'm about changing lives. Mm, beautiful. 
And I think if we go back to um, the, the receipts in the shoe in the shoebox, we've many of us remember that. I remember doing that myself, um, and I remember being in accounting offices with other people with their you know different versions of those receipts in the shoebox. But they were all there was all receipts in there. And as you said, you walk out or you're given the very practical information but you do just file it away um, and that's just it's just put it's just put away there's no as you've said there's no entire transformational process or framework there but when you get that because I've seen this the work, the work that you do with the clients and heard some of your stories it really is about uh, understanding and you, you re- I didn't quite catch the phrase but I know you've said a lot outmanage a poor mindset mm. um, so talk can you talk to us more around what that means and give us examples of what what it, the before and after, so we can have the the listeners sort of relate them, uh, relate themselves into some of the examples. Yeah, and absolutely. then some of the results. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, of course. So oftentimes clients come to me because they want to, you know, they clear debt, grow their income, they they've created a real money mess for themselves, and and they think it's the bank account, they think it's all these external things that they need to fix. You know, I just need to grow my income, and. You know, I always say that how you treat $5 is how you will treat $5 million. And so if the abundance and the money that you have now isn't enough, unfortunately, increasing amounts are also not going to be enough because that's the story that you're you're carrying. Mm-hmm. So I always share about the orange tree analogy. So when the orange on the orange tree is your bank account. So if you look at an orange tree and the fruit on the tree, if that fruit is, you know, sour and lumpy and it's not a beautiful, juicy orange, you can't do anything to change that orange in its physical form. What you can do, though, is you nurture the soil of the tree. You ensure that it's getting the nutrients that it needs, the water. You protect, you know, put a net over it to protect it from animals or whatever the case may be. You nurture the soil and you nurture the tree. And then before you know it, you have beautiful, juicy, plump, delicious fruit on that tree. And your bank account is absolutely no different. The bank account is not the issue. The bank account is merely the symptom, but it is not the cause. The bank account is purely a reflection to you. And trust me, I know it can be a confronting one, Mm -hmm. but it is merely a reflection to you of everything that is going on until that point. So, for example, I had a client come to me once and she's like, I've, you know, I've rolled, she'd created and rolled out this beautiful marketing campaign and every touch point was magical and all the copy, the, everything was on point. And it, she had got crickets. She had had no results from it. And we looked at and we delved into, well, what are the stories you're telling yourself? What are the beliefs you have? What are the thoughts that you think about business and marketing and sales and so forth? And she identified very quickly that she, you know, she expects business to be hard. She had a story that marketing doesn't work for her. Um, She believed that it took a really long time to convert leads to clients. And so all that was being reflected to her through that marketing campaign was literally the stories that she was telling herself about that And so we, through the process that I work with my clients through, through uncovering those beliefs, uncovering those stories, healing and releasing them, and then aligning to the new truth that you are available for, you know, she was able to shift all of that, essentially roll out the same marketing campaign and fill her and her three team members' books 
people. <laughs> Hence the why you love and why the word transformation and entire transformation is so relevant for the work that you do. A hundred percent because yeah. an, another client, for example, you know, and, and here's the, the number one thing that I, I really want to share around that is that your wealth cannot outgrow your worth. And and what I mean by that is I worked with I've worked with countless clients who, you know, one in particular who said to me, you know, through the process we went through in my program, she uncovered that the stories she had heard about money growing up was about her rich, snobby cow of an auntie who lived on the hill in her big house and everybody hated her. And the power in that is that we are very technologically advanced human beings now. You know, we look at our phone, it unlocks, we're connecting through amazing technology today. But at the very core of it, we are incredibly primal and love, connection and belonging trump everything. And so if you have a story and a belief and a, a negative connotation with being wealthy and, and it, you've, it's been shown to you by, you know, people in your family that it's not safe and you won't be loved and accepted and so forth, that will absolutely overpower any amazing program marketing sales technique you've got going on because you will literally block yourself from creating the thing that you most want because of what you're afraid will happen if you achieve it Mm, beautifully said Um, and that brings us back to you talk about getting out of your own way so this is a clear example of understanding what's getting in your way and moving that out out of your way so you can have the success that you that you um, aspire to so what are the other ways that um uh, financially and um, and wealth creation wise that with other things that get in our way that we need to be aware of yeah absolutely so I see a lot with my women in my program who have worked previously in corporate roles or as an employee and then shifting to, to self-employment and having their own business it's a massive massive shift going from being an employee and having regular steady you know reliable income to all of a sudden oh my goodness it's completely my responsibility mm-hmm. you know you can slip into the feast and famine cycle which is you know quite quite common in growing a business and and so forth and the other piece of that is that Oftentimes, when you start your business, you start your business because you're the best in the world at what you do and you love what you do and it's such a a passion outlet for you and you believe and you feel that you would do this even if you weren't getting paid. And so quite often that's what ends up being the case. Prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of women struggle to receive large amounts of abundance for doing something that comes so easily and naturally that doesn't even feel like work. Can you just repeat that because that's something that will resonate with our listeners. Just repeat that bit. Absolutely. So a lot of women struggle in allowing themselves to receive a high amount of abundance, so money flow, opportunity, recognition, accomplishment, for doing something that they love so much that feels as easy as breathing and is something that is such their genius zone and passion that it doesn't feel like work. Mm, Beautifully said. Thank you. And on that um, note, I've also um, your downloadable that you've got today also talks about um, the journaling aspect. So can you share us a little bit about uh, the journaling um, aspect of that and then make sure that we let our listeners how they know how they can get in contact with you as well? 
Absolutely. So I'm completely obsessed with journaling. It is literally my number one go-to for anything. <laughs> um, and, and I absolutely encourage my clients and, and listeners as well to absolutely, you know, connect with the art of journaling. And the thing is, it's not, dear diary, today I ate too much chocolate. <laughs> That's not the type of journaling we're talking about here. But journaling is such an incredible way to connect with your higher self, to connect with God, source, universe, guidance. It's a way of getting out of your conscious mind. I always say the first paragraph or so that you write is merely your conscious thoughts that you're aware of. But after that and beyond that, you're tapping into the your, your subconscious, your goal, your belief systems, the trauma and beliefs and memories that you're holding on to. So journaling is incredibly powerful for not only clearing out what you find is blocking you and uncovering a lot of the times what is actually going on. Um, like I surprise myself in the pages of my journal every single day. <laughs> I was mm. like, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Mm -hmm. So that's one incredibly powerful aspect of journaling. And the other aspect is the power of scripting and, and manifestation through affirming in your own written language and words and putting pen to paper about what your new experience, your new truth, what you're calling in. You know, I always say, you know, writing about it as if it's done, you know, from a manifestation point of view, I have created, I'm so excited that I love, I have received, you know, it's such a powerful way to, to activate and call forward the desires that you want to bring into your life. Beautiful. And can you t uh, share with us how people can get in contact with you and uh, certainly your podcast, mention your podcast as well? Oh, thank you for the reminder. Yes. Yeah. So I'd love to connect with you further. You can find me on the social channels, um, Chic Money, um, on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn at Jessica Giles. My website is www.chicmoney.com.au. And I also have um, my own podcast, which is the Femme Financial Freedom Podcast, um, which I you, there'll be so much in there for you to consume if you have resonated with what I've shared today. And I also, within the next month, putting it out there, I'm mm -hmm. going to have my, my book being launched as well. So absolutely come and join me. Um, I have a free Facebook group, Money Master with Style. Come in close. It's your time to rise to financial freedom and I'm absolutely honoured for the opportunity to support you in whatever the way that looks. Thank you very, very much. As I uh, shared at the very, very beginning, one of the warmest souls I have ever met. So um, certainly do join us. Do join Jessica. Um, she really is the person that can help you transform uh, that fi financial freedom for you. Uh, check out her journaling, which is one of the downloadables, which you can get through the blog uh, on, from the radio station. And enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Thank you so much to Gary and Jessica for sharing your uh, stories, your insights, your learnings and your tips. Um, super duper appreciated. And now we are just going to uh, wind up the show and look forward to you chatting, uh, chatting with you next week. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. No one likes to talk about money, but everyone wonders if they're doing the right things with their money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? There's no easy way to understand how you're doing. Not knowing is limiting your potential. What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can with a free financial wellness score from facet.com. This isn't a boring retirement calculator. It's a simple way to know if your finances support the life you want to live. Haven't you waited long enough? Take the first step toward reducing your stress about money and reaching your full potential. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice.